This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me, as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. It's me. I'm here. It's a bit raining here today. Gray skies, because it's sort of wintry today. Wintry. Yes, and Studio North Lakes. I am uh, I'm live I'm I'm live on location, folks. I'm up in uh, Portland, Oregon, right now, uh, starting to shoot a TV show uh, on Monday for a week before going back down uh, home to LA. And uh, we're apparently in the two good months of weather here in uh, Portland. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so we're fine, basically. Yeah, it's not too hot, and uh, it's sunny, and uh, no chance of rain. Um, it was it was interesting as I was walking around the city today. Uh, there was a tour group that went by and there was this big fountain that some kids were playing in and the tour guide had stopped and was talking and he had himself on a microphone. So basically anybody could hear what he was saying. Mm. And he, he said that, uh, unlike virtually every other city in Portland, every single fountain you're allowed to play in because they've built them to code (laughs) to be safe to play in. And the reason for doing that, I guess this went back to like 1973 or something like that. Um, but back then they decided that, you know, it's so dismal and rainy here and kids are always uh, locked up inside that during these two months, and this is where I got the two months of good weather apparently, um, that uh, it's nice and hot. They want to encourage people to be outside. And so they were like, you know, we've got, we've got fountains around the city. Let's let people play in the fountains. And so he said that virtually every single fountain that you see in the city, you're allowed to go in. <laughs> All right. So they build it in such a way that it's not going to be dangerous if people fall in, they can't drown, basically. It's not deep enough. Basically. All right. That's really good. Yeah. See, in Australia, we just don't have fountains because drought. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that is the other thing. Me coming from California, where, or especially Southern California with the uh, drought, um, you come up here and yeah, there's water and there's tons of green. And I even saw like a permanently on drinking fountain. Oh really? It just going. It was just, well, it was like, you know, it was just this little bowl thing and it was just bubbling and there was no handle. So it wasn't like it was stuck on or anything. It was just permanently bubbling with water. And I was like, wow. Okay. Look at just that. Waste that water. Go ahead. <laughs> you see, as a Californian, you're probably just feeling like going, Oh, gee, we'll put a bucket underneath there and we can use it on our lawns or we'll use it on our right? gardens or something. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> when you go to somewhere where, which has plentiful supplies of water, it's a very strange feeling to see it just running away. It's like, wow, you, you guys don't know how lucky you have it. You know, it's it's strange for me just also being uh, the hotel I'm at is right in the you know downtown Portland. Uh, not quite the hub, center hub of it, but I mean... If you drew a circle, I'm like on the outer edges of the circle, but it's literally a half mile walk for me to go into the middle of downtown Portland. And I'm used to suburbia (laughs) where houses houses and even if you want to go into, you know, the city proper or whatever of your suburb, it's, you know, it's a sprawl. There's no way in hell you would walk, right? There's just no way. Um, so it's different for me to go out and about in a city and walk around because this is what people do, you know, yeah. and, and to have restaurants and stores and everything. You know, I just went to a movie in the middle of downtown, 
You know, it was yeah. like I'm walking and I was like, oh, hey, look, there's a movie theater inside this, you know, corporate office building, I guess. Okay, let's you know, go watch a movie. You know, it's, 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 cool. it's, it's, Strange to me. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of uh, novel because I certainly do walk around. I did the same thing when I was in New Orleans, um, a very walkable city. Um, mm. I actually did the same thing when I was in Sydney, Australia with my wife on our honeymoon uh, where we just walked everywhere. We didn't take a taxi or anything. But it's also, I would never, I don't know, I like suburbia. What can I say? You <laughs> I like suburbia. You, you, you know, like to be driving around. It, it's, I like the drugging around, but I also like the clear designation of shops and stores, you might say. You know, here I'm constantly, I've got my phone, my Google Maps, and it's constantly telling me what's coming up and what's where. And, you know, uh, so you'd like to know this is where I eat, this is where I sleep and live, and this is where I shop. Not pretty this much. This is where I sleep and live, and down the road I can shop as well, and all I have to do is walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bit like that at North Lakes, too, where I live. Like it's, uh, it's a planned community, but mm -hmm. inside the suburb itself, there is a major shopping center and there's Ikea and there's also Costco. Um, so you can't really walk. The, everything is not really walking distance. You do have to actually drive or take public transport. Um, and because of public transport here is just buses um, are in the actual suburb itself, it's really car because the bus service isn't great. It's every hour. Um, so yeah it's it's sort of in a way it's annoying i liked being able to just walk down to the shops and get something but you know you have to always drive there um and i don't know i'm sort of a bit the other way i guess i think i probably enjoy you know so the kids and i could walk down to the shops get something and walk back again yeah but the closest shopping center a little um, community shopping center is a good 30 minute walk away so it's just too far yeah well, my, my very first day here, I uh, beelined it because I found out that it was only, uh, again, half mile away, 12-minute walk, uh, was an arcade called Ground Control here in Portland. All right. So in the Portland area, there are 473 uh, pinball machines in operation. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. It's staggering. How many how many pins per capita is that? Like Wait, did, I say, did I say 473? <laughs> I mean, 743. Yeah, 743 is a larger number, yeah, so, wasn't it? Yeah, the larger number. Uh, the, the 400 number was what I was thinking was Los Angeles. When I talk about Los Angeles, I'm talking about the spread of Los Angeles from, I mean, huge. This is basically all concentrated in, in Portland, downtown area, Portland and stuff. Yeah. But I went over to this uh, place called Ground Control. A couple of the uh, people on the Pinball Arcade fan forums had recommended that I check it out. And I'm just going to read you the lineup that they have. Um, and see if this is a, sounds like a place you'd like to go to. Uh, ACDC Pro, Adam's Family, Game of Thrones, The Hobbit, Indiana Jones Pinball Adventure, Kiss, Metallica, Monster Bash, Pabst Can Crusher, Scared Stiff, Simpsons Pinball Party, Star Trek Next Generation, Tron Legacy, Theater of Magic, Twilight Zone, Walking Dead, and Wizard of Oz. That all sounds pretty pretty nice. I particularly like the sound of those Jersey Jack machines. Um, it's, not a, it's not a shabby lineup. <laughs> it's a pretty nice lineup. We just don't really see the Jersey Jacks on location down here at all. So yeah, to play them is you pretty much have to go either to a private collection here or sort of interstate or sorry, overseas where they're everywhere. The funny thing is I'm so spoiled by the pinball league that, so I went to this place and I was like, I'm not going to play any of the Williams and Bally machines that I've played 
dozens of times or whatever. I want, I need to play machines that I haven't gotten my hands on. So, so I played the Hobbit. Yeah, so I, you know, I played the ha- the Hobbit and I played uh, the Pabst Can Crusher and. What do you think of Pabst? You know, it's 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 a little more fun than e- than an EM just because there's more sound going on mm. and uh, it's livelier. Um, if this is what an EM is supposed to play like, you know, with the bounciness of the rubber and the strength of the flipper, then sure, EMs can be fun because we're talking Pabst only has the little two-inch uh, oh, flippers. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of like okay, this is it kind of feels modern, but obviously the layout is pure EM. Mm. Um, I was playing the Hobbit. It's kind of kind of boring. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It just I don't know. I I thought it would be a little more exciting, and I again I think this is with Jersey Jack doing these wide bodies on Wizard of Oz and Hobbit. I think that's kind of the mistake. Oh really? See, I like Wizard of Oz as a game. I think it's got heaps of stuff oh, to do in it. See, I don't like it. I love it. Yep. So I probably would really quite like Hobbit if I ever lay eye on lay eyes on it. Uh, it'd probably be right at my alley. Yeah. Uh, the good news with this place was all the Bally and Williams tables were 50 cents. Oh, And good. all the Stern and Jersey Jack were 75 cents. That's um, pretty reasonable for today's prices. Yeah, and then setup, of course, if you plop in two bucks, then you get five games. Oh, uh, that's a bargain. And that, I think, was across. Yeah, that, I think, was across the board for everything. Of course, I only cashed in five bucks worth of <laughs> quarters, so I was, I was feeding the beast the the way uh, the way I used to. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But it wasn't um, like I said. I, I guess I'm hungry for games that I haven't played, yes. and I was really hoping I would come across a dialed in, which no, nope. mm, a little <laughs> bit fresh still. I think probably. A little um, bit fresh, and I was hoping to find a Batman sixty six or a Ghostbusters, and mm. it looks like this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, I believe. So, one of the deals with Portland is they love their bicycles, mm-hmm. like a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have these little uh, bike rental kiosks all over the place, uh, sponsored by Nike, essentially. Oh, okay. And you uh, you you plunk in for twelve bucks. You can have the bike essentially for the day. Uh, they say 160 minutes worth of riding, and you can ride it to wherever. And then they have these spots all over the place that you just park it, and you know somebody else can obviously take your bike. And but there's always more rental bikes there. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take that, I believe, because there's a place I want to go to. It's two miles, a little bit over two miles away from my hotel. I just don't feel like walking all the way over there. Uh, it's called Quarter World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's called Quarter World. And check out this lineup. Uh, Avengers, Baby Pac-Man, Ballet Game Show, Black Rose, Centaur, Circus Voltaire, Congo, Demolition Man. Oh, they do have dialed in. Hello, I'm definitely there. Uh, Elvira and the Party nice. Monsters, Flintstones, Game of Thrones, Ghostbusters Pro, uh, Gorgar, Guns N' Roses, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, Medieval Madness, Monster Bash, Pinbot, Party Zone, Revenge for Mars, Rob Zombie Spook Show, Simpsons, Tales of uh, Arabian Nights, Theater of Magic, Walking Dead, the Who's, Tommy Pinball, and X Files. Oh, jeez, that's an amazing lineup. <laughs> Gee, I would, I would go there for sure. Next time I head over to the states, that's I'll be going to Portland, I think. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> jeez, 
that's amazing. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to uh, hop on a bike and uh, tackle that tomorrow because I would you know. love to be able to play another Belly's game show again. It's so cheesy and good that game. <laughs> Keith McTeeth in there, the announcer in that game, will if you've never played it before, you, he will laugh. It is classic '80s game show stuff. It's so good. That's um, one of those tables. I'm not sure if I've played it in real life. I know for sure I've played it on uh, Pin uh, in Pin yeah. VR. Yeah. Or Pinman, yeah. Um, but it was so familiar to me that I gotta believe that I've plunked a quarter or two into it at some oh, point. Man. I mean, it's I'm pretty sure unforgettable because you know you go for Showcase Bonanza, which is basically the multi-ball, and yeah. it, it's so well like in like any game for that era. The music is great, and um, it is very very well integrated. The theme. Um, the other, what were some of the other ones you brought out? There were some other older ones of that era as well. I think. But the Belly Game Show was the one that stuck out to me. I went, ooh, Game Show. Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, of that era, so, well, there's Party Zone, which is kind of of that same yeah. era. It, oh, um, that's what I was going to ask you. It'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are of Ghostbusters Pro after you played it. And, and that sort of ramp assembly that kind of is the catch-all for every single ball that goes yeah. up. To the upper level it's kind of i feel it's really poorly it, it's it really does feel like a pro if you know what i mean mm-hmm. compared to compared to the full-blown le it's like oh yeah they've just gone right what's the minimum amount of stuff we can do on this just to make sure the ball doesn't fly off the table okay let's yeah. just let the ball do that whatever don't care it's a pro so yeah i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that i still have not been able to play an le version of ghostbusters yet which apparently we may be able to do very soon. Oh, um, nice. The Pinball Arcade, there was an announcement the other day uh, that Stern retweeted saying that, oh, yes, Ghostbusters is very close to being done and everything like that. So that could be cool. Yeah, you know, the, suddenly the thread about when we'll receive Ghostbusters was getting some heat, and I kind of joined in uh, into that conversation. I wanted to just, I'll reiterate it here too in the podcast. That is, folks, remember, Stern Pinball App. This is Stern hiring Farsight to make the game. Pinball Arcade is Farsight hiring themselves to make the game. That's right. So Stern Pinball App, when Farsight may have tables ready, they may have, you know, they may want to release things, they may want to do bug stuff and everything. It's up to Stern. Um, They're the ones that, uh, they're the client. Yeah. Yeah, they're the client. And if Stern wants to push something out early, then it can get pushed out early. If Stern says, no, we're holding on to it, even though it's complete and ready to go, they'll hold on to it. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we get the frustration that you might be uh, having with wanting you know, stuff, to, you know, feeling like the, the Stern app has not had any life to it. But just remember, there, it's very much actively being worked on um, but Stern's got, they're the ones with the game plan. It's got to work for their scheduling. Um, yeah. You know, so they want control over when a table, which is essentially in the case of Ghostbusters, will be the LE version and yeah. essentially will be made available inside the app. And they have to balance it out with operators who bought these $9,000 machines and they've got them out of yep. location. Like there's a lot of people and a lot of different moving concerns that I need to keep happy here. So 
it's sort of a bit of a tough thing um, yeah. to walk around. I, I wouldn't like to be in fast sight shoes, um, having to balance that. It would be hard, very hard. The 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 thing also to to keep in mind is that uh, this might not excuse me might not necessarily be a bad thing either that uh, with releases being held or, or not coming out as frequently as everybody likes because the truth be told uh, the client might wind up asking for things that benefit all of us. That's right. And since they are a client, it's something that Farsight has to do as opposed to with TPA where they go, ah, eh, we would like to, but you know, we can wait. So yeah, because we've got other things mind, we can do. It's, it's a good point you make. Cause I mean, yeah, clients, they have a idea about what they want the app to do and you know, they're opening up the checkbook for it. So it's, it's pretty hard as a business. On, a contract manufacturer essentially to ignore the checkbook, the lure of the checkbook. So, you know. Yeah, I've been on many commercial shoots where uh, we have what we call the client area. Mm. <laughs> so there'll be a lounge for the suits that are uh, the marketing people or whatever, whoever is responsible, you know, that's hiring for the commercial, right? So you yeah. got your director coming in and he'll map out everything that you're about to do, set up the shot, they'll do a couple of takes, director will be like, I'm happy. Then he's got to go check with the clients. And the feedback that comes from the back from the clients, sometimes you're like, really? That's why we're having to do another take? Because they're looking at all these little tiny minutiae. They could care less about making uh, an art piece. They're making something to sell their product. So if yeah. the hair is out of place, if a pepperoni isn't perfectly centered where they want it on that slice of pizza, nope, we need a new pizza let's do it, you know, another take. And yeah. and that's basically what Farsight is dealing with. Um, yep. They want another you know, slice. Of, they want a better pepperoni. They've got the product that the, they've got the product that people want to use and know how to make it. But the client wants to still make, uh, you know, be representative in the represented in the best light possible. So, um, mm. and again, there's plenty of commercials I've shot and I didn't see them again for like, we shot it. And then I didn't see it air for six months. Yeah, right. Even though it was, or you know, totally ready to go. <laughs> so it didn't come out for six. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, you mentioned to me you uh, you guys got a new beta for Android. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we have got our hands on the Black Knight emulated version and also Five Power Two. Um, now, have you? On Steam, have you had a chance to play Black Knight yet? I had a chance to play the uh, emulated version, yes, mm. uh, before I got pulled again. <laughs> wow, it is it is very good. <laughs> it is very good to see that thing emulated. Boy, there's a lot of different stuff in there. Um, yeah, it's certainly no longer the black mark on uh, on TPA. Uh, no. it, it feels like what it should have felt like all along. Yeah, it's got a lot more audio in it, I think. There's a lot more speech calls happening. Um, like, the thing talks a lot more in Game Over than it did in the scripted version. Like, you know, all the, all the canned responses, they combine them in very, very different ways to get a lot of speech out of that game, uh, which just wasn't in the scripted version at all. So that's one big difference I noticed. Um, the, the 
thing that I found interesting was that those drop targets still overweigh every other sound in the game. Like mm. it's, um, they are just like always sounding, blocking out all the other audio in the game, which I actually thought might have been a byproduct of scripting the game, but it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be that um, it is uh, part of that game that the drop targets overshadow everything else. So that's fine. So yeah, I think it, the table is really, really tough. And I think the reason why it's so tough is it's that layout that we were talking about last time. Like everything is being placed in weird positions, like the, the left ramp is just so, so hard to get, like so hard to shoot. I don't even know the angle that I need to use to approach it. I've still not really worked it out yet. Um, it's so weird. It's such a weird, weird angle. Um, and everything else seems to be working fine. There were a few minor things that I picked up in the beta, which I'm pretty sure are going to be addressed. So I won't even bother meeting him, uh, mentioning him here. Um, but there, yeah, that ramp, it's just, it throws out the geometry of the whole table for me. Um, mm -hmm. Like the, the left loop shop, the, the left loop shot that you have to take, like where you would normally shoot for the left loop, it's just ramp. So yeah. you've got to now adjust the way you would shoot for that that shoot uh, that shot. And the the lock hole, the upper right lock hole, not the um the one where the rollers are, but where the um the ball would normally be locked on firepower one, that is very hard to get into as well. Like it's a it's a hard another hard shot. So the, it might be one of those games that you does actually grow on you, even though it's sort of like the arguably the lesser lesser of the two from a uh, features perspective. It might be one of those ones that it might actually grow on you because of its brutality. And if you want a really tough game and you want to just really get stuck into it and see how high you can get that bonus going, it might actually redeem itself over time. I think it's one that you just it'll grow on you. I think. In his effort to try and convince me that it's a quality machine, uh, Norman was telling me that uh, that it's got really narrow shots. It does. Yeah. And he wanted to make sure that when uh, they were tuning it, when Rob was tuning it, that he maintained that difficulty. Because he was like, if you make it easy, this table's a bust. It's got to be brutal because that's what it is on the real machine. Yeah. So what you're saying seems to to indicate that yes, indeed, they at least captured that aspect of it. I remember playing it like uh, when I was over at Free Gold Watch um, mm -hmm. back in 2014, and it was really like that ramp is just as hard um, to get um, in real life as it is in the game. So they really got that tuning down with it. I could never, I could never get it up the ramp in the arcade ever, and I fluked it once. And I, oh wow, I did it! Achievement unlocked. I actually got the the, the ramp. In fact, I reckon they should make that an achievement on its own <laughs> in this game because it is truly that difficult to get. It should be like that's a wizard goal. Get it up the ramp. <laughs> Apparently, um, um, Norman was also telling me something. You know, obviously Norman deals with the sound on the machines as well as many other things. He, he if he only had to deal with sound, he would be completely happy. But that's not the case. Um, but he was telling me that. <laughs> And this started with Black Knight. The bonus count at the end. So mm. you've got the 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 you know going up the the vertical strip down the center of the uh, the play field. You've got these you know numbers, and you're lighting them throughout the game. Then when you drain the ball, that's your bonus count that adds up. And yeah. totally, you hear these tones just basically different increments. Yeah, ascending tone. tones. Ascending yeah. tones, right? Well, 
that's not emulated. There is no emulation for that. Oh. So he has to go and activate every instance and record that instance. So with, oh. with Black Knight, I think he said there was 49 uh, possible bonus Six. points, or four, there's 49 numbers, and then plus you got your multipliers. So it winds mm -hmm. up being 200 and some different instances. And he had to go by hand, basically, and set it up, trigger it, record it. Set the next one up, trigger it, record. Set the next one up, trigger it, and record. Right, and go. So through. he's he's recording each bonus pattern. So yes. so pattern. if it's if it's a multiplier of ten times two, then he has to set that up as an individual sound file. He can't trigger that and actually be, because in the game it would have been controlled by the um, the, the sound chip and it would have actually modulated the sound right. uh, based on yeah. So he has to record each thing as a separate track. Yes. Wow. Yes. And That's there was one, and I can't remember what the other table was that he said that had the exact same bonus count and he had to do that for also. Well, along comes Firepower 2. Mm -hmm. It's got 99 <laughs> possible Multipliers. Oh, and then yeah. multipliers. So it's 400 and some different instances. <laughs> he spent 10 hours recording and he still had 100 more instances to go. Oh, it's like a Q it, it, what it reminded me is of is you know what these guys that do Q and A on video or you know on uh, QA on video games where it's like I had to run my character into every single segment of wall in every, every single room and then I had to do it because now I had the pistol in my hand and I had yeah. to do it over again. That's <laughs> essentially what he was having to do. <laughs> oh yeah. That is that is terrible, but I tell you yeah. what, his efforts have paid off in Black Knight because the bonus count, it's it's do it's completely different to what it was. You can tell that every single time you get a bonus, it's going to sound different. Yeah. Now, rather than like it did before, which is <laughs> pretty much exactly what it sounded like. Um, so there you go, folks. There's there's something to look forward to and. Uh, uh, in hearing, it's those little things, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, you were also mentioning something else about uh, Firepower 2 in this beta that I've never seen in TPA yet. Oh, yeah. This is probably lifting lifting the, the, the veil a little bit here, but the the first version of the beta that we got to see actually had an untouched play field in it. So a play field that had just been photographed. It even had some of the old, like when they photographed it, they may have removed the flipper bats and stuff. It had yeah. sort of, I guess you could call them, ghost images of the flipper bats and everything on there and i was going when i first saw it i went uh wow this playfield is super rough uh, is this like the final version of the playfield like i'm seeing flipper bats and stuff like that and to close off the bug report i said surely this has got to be a placeholder there's no way you'd release this normally and i said oh yeah this is definitely going to be a big case of before and after with this particular table. So they haven't yet done the art pass on it. So I've got a whole pile of screenshots of it um, in its untouched form. And I'm going to compare them with the, the, the actual finished product because I'm really interested to see just how much the art team actually put into these tables to get them looking half decent. Um, it's, really, it's really interesting because you realize that Farsight doesn't have to buy pristine machines. Because no. they're going to do an art pass on all of them. Yeah. You know. But the, 
I know that in the case of Genie, it was rough as guts. Oh, Genie was really rough. Um, yeah. There was a couple that I saw when I went and visited one of the times, and I looked at the machines, and I was like, wow, that's not what I expected to see. I expected to see this gorgeous machine, and it looks like it was a routed machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, but, just all in the play field, yeah. lots of rubbed off paint. Yeah, yeah so a, I mean... There's a lot of, like, this. you can see the tables showing... It's got lots of yellowed mylar on it, and there's lots of um, there's on the left loop. Um, there's like a, a noticeable area of wear on there, and like the, all the black is sort of like sort of a, a whitish looking black. Like it's sort of it's got this sort of a faded look to it. Um, and you know, there's you can see the the clear division where around the flippers you got the mylar protection layers. Uh, on the inlays, they're, they're, they're like, you know, they've got the black sort of marking around where the edge of the mylar is. It's like really apparent. Um, and just like the the wood grain is dirty, like the color yeah. of the wood is dirty. It's like, yeah, you can tell this is an old 80s machine. Um, so I'm going to be very interested to see what the art team can do with it because like, to my eyes, it's pretty, it's pretty wrecked. Well, it makes um, me wonder too, do they... Do they ever spruce up the machines afterwards? I don't think they do it. Or physically. do they just make them work? Yeah. Um, I I don't think. I reckon if you went up there today, that genie would still be that genie that you saw when you went up there um, and saw it um, in the in the meeting room. Like it, they wouldn't spend any time touching at the playfields because to them it's not worth their trouble. But maybe because... it's worth their trouble coming up now. Because well, we've gotten word yeah. that uh, Farsight True. has, uh, they're putting 20 of their machines out uh, out in the wild on up there in Big Bear. Yeah, on location. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're doing a league or something, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing a pinball league, yeah. Uh, starting, up a, starting up a pinball league. So if you have an art team that's already done art passes on all these play fields and making them beautiful, it wouldn't be difficult to make an overlay. And yeah, make you could. Your, I mean, make your play field look nice. If you could uh, create a one-to-one -one CAD um, of the play field and then get that printed out at one of your like printing places, yeah, there would be for one-off job. There wouldn't be any reason why they could do that, really. Like that's that something we're be... gonna have to ask them the next time we talk to them. Uh, have they done any kind of restoration? To on the, the tables, yeah. On I the think tables. Probably... And I'm talking, look, I know that mechanically they've done restoration, but yeah. I'm, I want to know uh, art-wise, have they, have they done anything? It would be an interesting question to pose. I think, I think for those ones that, this is my assumption about what they'd be doing for their league tables, I reckon they probably have enough tables in their nearly, you know, well, let's call it, it wouldn't be a, a hundred because some of the tables they had on loan. So let's call it 70 tables. Um, I think they've uh, only loaned less than five personally. Oh, is that right? Okay, so. so it'll be close. It'll be yeah. close to that then. So out of those tables, there'd be specimens in their collection that would actually be pretty good still. Yeah. So I'd say that for the location base, what they do is they do a mechanical pass on them, they probably LED them, and then they put them out because the play fields would be good enough that they, they wouldn't have to actually do yeah. anything to them. And for those ones that are actually more rough as guts, like Genie and, you know, Firepower and those ones that, you know, maybe, uh, what would you call it, players condition, um, yeah. they'd probably keep those in the studio and just keep those as, um, you know, 
sort of ball for the game. And who knows? Like, there'd be, I don't know who would be up in Big Bear that could actually do restorations. They'd probably have to ship them away to get them done. Um, I'm sure they've got some pinball contacts. Oh, they might. <laughs> they might have just a couple of, of just, pinball you know. contacts. You know? I mean, Roger Sharp and, and um, all those dudes probably know a few people. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. I think Norman's pretty well connected as well, from what I understand. He knows yeah. a few people. Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to sourcing tables. So, yeah. Tell you what, folks, uh, speaking of Norman, he, and i am got to believe that uh, uh, Mike Lindsay is going with him, uh, Replay Effects is coming up, I believe, next weekend uh, out there somewhere in Pennsylvania. Oh, is that and, right? And Norman is going out there to basically have a one-hour seminar. Mm. And if you're wondering why we took uh, last a gap week, week. Off, <laughs> a gap week, it was because we spent that time with Norman basically grilling him with questions that you, the audience, in a live situation might grill him with. <laughs> to prepare him for the onslaught, basically. Yes, to prepare him for the onslaught. And we we found out all sorts of information that is killing us that now we can't mention. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't fall into public purvey. But... <laughs> I, think the, I think the good news is that where possible, Norman's going to be quite transparent with yeah. what he's going to be saying. Yeah, uh, that's the feeling that we both got. I think Chris, say hey, that he, the reason why he wanted us to actually do this is so he could actually provide just um, enough information about the things that potentially are a little bit off limits, but still right. give you guys answers. Exactly. So, rather than rather than on the fly have to say I can't say anything about that in yeah. a prepared way, he can give information without giving away information. You know what I mean? That's uh, right. So without breaching the NDAs, basically. Exactly, exactly. So I would definitely encourage if you have plans on going to replay effects uh, to hunt down that seminar and uh, take a listen, and then uh, let us know what is said because then we can blab mm. on that. Actually, we might actually have Norman after the fact um, come on back on the show, come and do back like on, a... and basically give that seminar live uh, here on the podcast so that. Uh, you guys can hear the that kind of information because he's got a. It's been a while since we've talked to Farsight, uh, especially it, in the it has past. Been. Yeah, I don't. I've got a feeling that you know, just with the complexity of running this AMA, I don't think there's any plans for Farsight to be recording it. Yeah, no, um, I don't think so. Because it's just sometimes it's just too hard to like organize that when you're trying to present. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's not going to stop anyone going there with a handheld recorder and yeah. having a chat. Exactly. So, you know, if you want to do a bit of um, um, guerrilla recording, go go ahead and do it. Because um, <laughs> uh, they're not going to stop you doing it. Nope. Um, yeah. And then send us the link so that we can we can listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, I think that is virtually all the pinball that we had this week. Mm, yeah, it's a bit, it's a, sort of a little bit light on after the massive dump of information from Zen last week. Well, then uh, I haven't been paying attention much this week because I've been nah. here in Portland getting ready for yeah. the show. <laughs> right. Which, oh, unfortunately, unfortunately oh. because of this show, guess what's getting put on hold? Uh, firepower. Yeah. Yeah, pretty but much. But the good news on... is I'll have money to deal with it after the fact, but. Well, this is fine. This is this is good that you'll be able to like throw a bit more cash at it because you probably right. do need to throw a bit more cash at it at this stage. Um, um, well, cash would be imminent, yes, because there is all sorts of parts that I need to buy and yeah. uh, fixes that I'll need to be doing. So, um, I yeah. just remembered one more thing. Oh, what's that? And 
this was actually relating to Zen. Like I was, I had oh. a um, Zen about a week ago tweeted out a, a screenshot of a turtle. It, it seems to be the Office turtle okay. um, playing uh, a version of uh, Zen Boom Pinball uh, Three. Um, but it was a blurred out table, and I went, "Hmm, that just looks like Secrets of the Deep." I would have thought that you might have actually used the opportunity to leak out a, a little bit more vision of one of the new tables. And they went, ah, very good spotting. Yes, it is uh, Secrets of the Deep. And yes, we will be over time trickle feeding out some more information about it. Um, and then I said, well, while I've got you, what are the plans for Android with this whole thing? I said, I know that it couldn't be a one to one match, of course, with Zen Pinball 3 and all the graphics and all that sort of thing. But, you know, the multiplayer stuff would be really welcome on Android. And um, the, the, the language they used in the response was picked up by somebody else who responded to the tweet thread. And um, the, the person responded said, so are you saying that there is actually going to be a, a Zen Pinball 3 for Android um, based on your response? And no response. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that could be interesting. They might actually, they may be actually doing like essentially using Steam and um, console as a proving ground and getting everything, getting everything done. And then they'll actually trickle out to mobile platforms. They were a little. They were. I mean, that's what they did before. They were slower to get onto iOS. Mm. Um, they didn't jump on board right away. I think they maybe released like a couple of tables, and that was it. And they were mm. doing, you know, before they started doing the massive dump. But um, yeah, no, I think that they're definitely using the consoles and Steam as the proving ground, yeah. and then can go from there. But I also believe wholeheartedly they're going to be on mobile. It's just, oh, I think they will be. Yeah, it'll just be a, it, it'll be a slightly different offering. I think though, slightly different. Yeah, it may not be quite what you're used to, but I, like I said, it just my gut tells me with as much as they're pushing the community aspect of pinball with pinball effects three, what better thing to do it on than mobile exactly. and do it like what all these mobile games do. You know, I'm, I play with my, my son, this uh, clash Royale and it's so easy to connect with him and be in a clan and, and just send a message. Hey, you want to play? Yep. Boom. We're playing. And you know, we're playing. And it's and job done. Yeah. It's job done. And there's no reason in my mind why you can't be doing that with, with Zen Pinball. I'm not talking right. about having two pinball machines side by side on your screen and seeing no, that no. play. I'm just talking about the simple we're playing at the same time and we're seeing the other person's scores going and you know, doing it that way, you know, typical yeah. pinball battle. Or really even good. or yeah. even just connecting via uh and, and I don't know if it was this way for you on Android, like it is on Steam, but just the constant, hey, you're approaching so-and-so's score. You've beaten so-and-so's score. Here's the next score to try and go for um, yeah, live while playing. Yeah, those are great. Like yeah. that, that sort of, that, that really goes, oh, I'm really about like, or you're just about to beat your top store, score, only 3 million points to go. And going, oh, I'm so close to doing it. I've literally, because of that feature, I have had a bald drain, like right as soon as I saw that message, because, you know, what I do, my eye flicked up to see what it was and then the bald drain on me. Yeah, yeah. And whereas if that happened with me playing TPA, I might be like, eh, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to find another table. I'm reloading that table on Zen. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh damn it! I was right there. Let's go. You know. So yeah, exactly, totally. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it's interesting as well that on Android, the Zen Pinball uh, on Android has a lot of different uh, entries in Google Play Store. So every time they release a branded pack, like a Star Wars pack, they'll release a Star Wars Pinball pack. Yeah. Same with um, you know um, the Fox Marvel. Studios one and Marvel. Yeah. And they did the same with the Bethesda Studios pack as well. But the difference with that one is that is the platform that they introduced the um, the competitive play on. Um, oh. So it's only that particular version of the app that you could use and play head to head with other people. There's your beta. There's, there's the beta. But that was a while ago. That was before all this was announced. Yeah, well, of course it was a while ago. That's why it's a beta. They don't do it like TPA, where it's, "Hey guys, we're gonna have a beta," which is immediately gonna roll into a roll, you know, uh, uh, the a, a the actual release. Zen is going, "Hey, let's try this oh, out. Did it work? Let's, let's take a couple months and figure it out." <laughs> let's do. Let's basically do a, uh, a a test case and get the data on it, and then based on that data, we work out how we proceed from there. And yeah, we won't so make any promises. We're just gonna introduce it. Have you all guys give us your feedback? And we're mums the word, whether we use yeah. it again or not. It's like, mm. thank, it's like <laughs> mm. thank you for your time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very yeah. It's it's a very different business approach, isn't it? But you're yeah, right. That's exactly what they were doing. So based on that alone, you can pretty much just be assured that they're gonna be bringing it to Android. Yeah. It's just um they will just have to re-release everything. Yep. Um but yeah, it's gonna be good. I can't wait. Cool. That's in thing keeps innovating. I love how the fact they keep innovating. And really, I think their the customer research is really solid. Yeah. Um, as a as a business, like they really do look at the numbers quite a bit. And like I'm talking from a product owner perspective here. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's clear that they're actually a data driven business when they're making decisions. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. All right. Well, we're gonna let uh, we're gonna we're gonna end this because Jared apparently is two timing on me and has another podcast right after this to do. Well, uh, it's, not, it's not really a podcast. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's a video chat with one of my former workmates who's setting up a, a Minecraft um, server-side mod that will help people learn how to manage their type 1 diabetes um, while they're in hospital by playing Minecraft. So it's aimed at kids. Um, and I'm going to be lending my technical writing slash product management slash community building skills to that project because um, there's a hackathon coming up for it. Um, so yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, so I just want to sort of get a bit of a, a chat with the founders and and see what their plans for it are and we can work on strategy. So that's what we're doing. All right. Well, fine. Go be that way. Uh, <laughs> folks, why don't you go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter at Blockade. Um, I just took a look at uh, our followers and the list is actually growing a little bit more than I expected. So no, that's cool. That's... We're getting... That's good. It's amazing what yeah. happens when you get enough, you know, uh, followers, because then it just like exponentially multiplies. So yeah. <laughs> we like that. Um, so follow uh, follow the show on uh, uh, at Blockade. You can follow Jared at Jared Morgs, or you can follow myself at Shut Your Traps on the Twitter. You can check out our website blockadepinball.com. That's where all of the uh, archive of shows is, as well as show notes and. Uh, timing breaks and links to websites that we might have mentioned. Last but not least, you can fire off an email to us, blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. If you have any uh, show suggestions or comments, please, uh, please communicate with us. We enjoy it. Yeah. Have a chat. Okay. Well, until next week, maybe depending on if I get out of 
town or not, and I'm sleeping or not. I don't know. We'll, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no promises. No promises, but uh, hopefully we'll be back next week uh, to do more of this stuff. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Wizardamusement.com The site to visit for custom pinball shooter rugs. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. <laughs>